Hello and welcome to Behind the Curtain, the captivating theatre podcast that will take you on a thrilling journey beyond the stage. I'm your host, Holly Nelson, and we will be stepping into the secret world of theatre, discussing the personal stories, hidden gems and unspoken topics that lie behind that mysterious curtain. On today's episode, I'm speaking to Ellie Potter. Ellie has worked in the industry as a deputy company manager and assistant stage manager on shows Mamma Mia, Lion King, Twilight Zone, West End, and many more. And now Ellie has transitioned her life into working with the NHS. She is now a happy normal person with weekends, as she would put it. In this episode, we speak about burnout, leaving and transitioning out of the industry and mental health. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I absolutely loved speaking to Ellie and we could have went on for ages and ages, but I really hope you can take something away from this episode and please let me know what you think. Enjoy. Ellie Potter. Welcome to Behind the Curtain. Thank you Thank for you. to me today. Thanks for having me. How are we today? How are we feeling? Honestly, openly. Hot, sweaty and a bit anxious, but we're all good. It's okay. Yeah. It's been okay. a busy day, but we're all good. How we like to get started on Behind the Curtain is a little quick fire. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> Go for it. We're ready. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Oh, I didn't expect that. I had to delete TikTok. It oh. was too much. The hours I lost. <laughs> so now I just watch Instagram reels like an old lady. <laughs> Brilliant. You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What would it be? Uh, it's got to be Harry Styles because I just went to go see him. Sorry, Holly. Jealous. Uh, let's go for As It Was for today. Perfect. Seaside or The Forest? Seaside. Always. Always. Musical or play? Oh, musical. What's your favourite time of the day? Ooh, sunset. Ooh, yeah. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Festival or an intimate concert? Festival. I want to scream around people that I don't know and just be crazy. <laughs> How do you want to describe the next six months in three words for you? Oh, rest, reflect, and joyous. Oh, I love them. Rest, yeah. reflect, and joyous. Yeah. Beautiful. They're so nice words. Love it. So let's deep dive back to where it all started for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go back right to the beginning. Where did it all start for you in the industry? Where did you train? Did it start from being young? Um, yeah, I guess it started at school. I had a friend a few years older who was doing the like lighting for the school play and she was leaving to go to Lippa to do it for uni. She said, do you want to take over from me? And I was a bit bored of being cast as candy buying kid and background oxen. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and I kind of just fell in love with that like teamwork and like vibe of working backstage and then uh, at 18 they were like what do you want to do with the rest of your life and I was like I don't really know 
So I went to Lipper as well. I kind of followed in my friend's footsteps. And so I trained in Liverpool for three years. Uh, my course was theatre performance design, theatre and performance design and technology, uh, focusing on the technology. And I loved it because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And that course, you got to do everything like sound lighting we had to make a scale model we had to do set building stage like everything oh. um and so i actually ended up specializing in lighting um got out of uni did a bit of lighting gigs fell off a ladder that was a downer and then a friend of mine just called me up and was like hey i need a tech swing and he was from uni and i said all right then and i went on tour for two like a month the tour got cancelled because nobody was getting paid bummer uh went back to Liverpool licked my wounds and then someone from that tour called me and said hey do you want to move to London I've got a job for you and that person basically started my career wow amazing yeah that's so interesting that you started in lighting and then yeah evolved from there and I guess I guess it was kind of good that at uni you did all of the aspects of it yeah, so I did one project that was stage management in my final year that got my best grade yeah. and the rest was all lighting. And I kind of realized that I don't, I like people and I don't like, um, the vibe in lighting wasn't my vibe at the time. It was very focused on numbers and power and it was a very like male industry. And I just couldn't be bothered to like try and break into that. And I kind of fell into tech swing and then fell into ASM and it just kind of happened like that. And actually I'm really grateful it did. I really enjoyed Definitely. that journey. And I was just like open to every opportunity. Like obviously I was desperate to earn money, mm -hmm. but also I'm very grateful that some people around me kind of saw what I was good at and said, no, I think you should go for this. And um, yeah, it just all kind of fell into place. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So you have spent a lot of time in London and you've mm -hmm. also spent a lot of time on tour mm -hmm. which definitely has its highs and lows and moments of amazing experiences and also quite lonely times and and being away yeah. from home etc so let's start with the highs of touring um is there something in particular that you experienced that was a real big high for you I think there's a couple of things the first one has to be the tour we did together. Mm -hmm. The places we went to, like what we were twin, I was 25, 26, and I was getting to go around Asia and getting paid to do it. And like still saving money. It was a fantastic experience. And I'm like, so grateful for that. And then also from that tour, the people that then moved on to the next tour, like you and I, we've been friends for years. There's so many people that I'm so grateful I have in my life because of touring, because of the camaraderie of, we're the only people we know in Singapore. So can we all go for a drink please and be friends? And of course there are arguments, there are disputes, but those friends that you make on tour, I mean, I'm going to the weddings of those people now, like it's, it's glorious and I love those people. So I'm just so thankful for that. One of the most exciting things from touring was connection and the places and, we wouldn't have been able to do that without that job. For sure. Like, I think that tour, how many relationships? There's like three babies now from that tour. There's like three marriages. I'm in a relationship still from that tour. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then on the flip side, obviously, we have 
being away from home we mm. have the downsides is there anything that kind of impacted you on while you were touring as a real hard point or or even if someone's starting to go on to a tour what would you say to maybe be aware of and um kind of give them a little bit of advice yeah i think for me i really struggled with the change and when i, I only did weeklies well i think i did about six weeklies we did one together and their first tour was weeklies finding like a new bed okay where are we going to sleep where are we going to go socialize that like constant change of routine is really really hard and trying to find some structure around it can be really really challenging mm. and then the other thing that having now stopped touring doctors when mm. do you go to make a doctor's appointment like when do you if you like I need a, my, my repeat prescription and I've forgotten to do it when I was home all of that extra life admin that you have to think about yeah. going on tour and I left my coat at home and it's now raining like all of those things are just so frustrating of just I toured a car full of stuff like people that do it on trains I don't know how you do it no I don't for me it was tour as much as you can to make you feel as comfortable as possible in your places even to like pillowcases because some pillowcases are rank when you go to some digs I, I tour my own pillow because my neck was so bad and it's just finding them little things that are comforting to you i was speaking about this like i said on a solo episode i did and it, it's when change is a very big thing that impacts you it's mm. finding them little things that comfort you and find sure. that um kind of familiarization isn't it of like that feels like home even though we're yeah. not at the physical home wherever that might be for you if it's a place or if it's with people um it's finding that them little things that can relax you and make you feel a little bit more comfortable yeah even if it's like we started doing yoga a lot at that point and like finding the local and the great thing about tour is you can all chat like i had one friend on my last tour who would be like have you found a waxing lady yet and like those little things because that was a really long tour you've got all your friends to try and find those people but it is it can be really really hard that's so true hi guys has anyone been to got their nails done <laughs> and coming back to that point you were just saying about uh the doctors like yeah that is that is incredibly hard like i was um I got a letter through about booking my smear test. Yeah. And then trying to get, well, I haven't, I can't get it booked in because one, I can't book it like in advance. I think they yeah. only get two week bookings like in advance and they're probably all booked up. I don't know when I'm going to be back. So then it's like, so you're, you're like hounding me to get it done, but actually I can't get it done. Like, yeah. It's, it's not it's not available to me i can't pro tip you can it. go to a gum clinic and get them done oh i didn't know that that's really good to know Check, but i think so but it's those things of like calling 111 like i had a really bad toothache in mm. aberdeen and was like for reference my hometown at the time is northampton so you're calling 111 being like how can i see a dentist please and they're like when are you next going home eight weeks time <laughs> yeah great <laughs> okay thank you Thanks for your help. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the present moment, mm. you are working for the NHS. I am. Amazing. What was 
what was the turning point for you? What was a, a moment of realization of actually, I want to move out of the industry? It was like two years in the making. So during COVID, I got the opportunity to work for the NHS and I met my now boss through that who managed to help me get this job. And I loved COVID, which I know sounds awful to say, but I've had conversations with other people in the industry that said the same thing. The routine, the structure that I'm home, but we were in rented accommodation. We didn't even have our own furniture. We were in this gorgeous place though. And I just loved the time that we had. But our tour that I was on at the time, we were very lucky, we were supported and it was kind of communicated when the tour was going back and I decided to go back to kind of finish what I'd started. I didn't want to leave the industry on like see you in two weeks and then never went back again. So I went back and I had, I loved that second half of the tour and we were buying a house and we were doing all these things. And then I got a promotion and then that promotion, it was my dream job, but it, it turned out it wasn't right for me. And I was spending, my turning point really was my one day off a week getting work emails and sitting on my sofa in like shell shock, like panicking about having to go back to work. And I was just like, girl, you've, you've got experience. I put some feelers out. And I was like, I think I need to get out. And it was a really, really hard decision. A lot of like angst, a lot of guilt, a lot of fear. But it was, it was for me, my mental health. And just, I could, I just couldn't do anything in my one day off. I just didn't have any capacity to do anything. And what you were just saying there, like that one day off, you were not even having a day off Mm. yourself because you were so anxious and and burnt out probably because you've worked so much but you have in the back of your head this what you've just said there was your dream job and you're like yeah I I know the feeling of like but I can't feel like this because it's it's what I I, it's my dream yeah yeah and I've I'm gonna seem ungrateful and it's and I was like what three months in Mm. and I was like I don't think I can do this, but I have to stay for the year because no one will ever hire me again and I won't get employed by that producer again. I have to stay for the year. And it got to five months and this person rang me and was like, we've got a job. Mm-hmm. And I had a job. Well, they said, can you apply? And I got the job within a week. And I was like, maybe, maybe you need to do this and just go. And it's okay that it's only been six months. If people think you're a failure, that's absolutely fine. Exactly. And it's also what you just said there is like, if people think you're a failure, then it's okay. And it's like, but actually I know you now and you are the happiest you've been. Yeah. If you have that routine and you have that, that structure. Yeah. We just go back to what, what we were, we were speaking about on tour. Yeah. That low point was not having it. Yeah. So I, we kind of, push it to the back of our brain a bit don't we and be like oh yeah but we've just got to get on with it and like that's and that's there's always the goalposts. I feel like we're always like oh well I'll finish this tour Mm. and you get the next tour and you're like well I've got to do this tour so I'll finish this tour and then you get the London job and you're like oh it's fine I'll be in London I'll be fine Mm. and then actually it's still six days a week and your capacity you never recovered and you're still 
operating at like 20% and that's not good for you. That's not good for your relationships. And I mean, this is my experience. This isn't my beef with like any producer that I've worked with, but I was just like, you can't, you need to, I couldn't even put down roots. Like we bought this gorgeous home and we hadn't even put a picture up because I couldn't make that decision. And I was like, you need to go. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And that, I actually think it is so aspiring and it's so amazing that you trusted that. Mm. Trusted your gut on actually what I thought was my dream job actually isn't and I need I need a change. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I'm so grateful for the, op- like, I had a partner who could support me. I had a mortgage that we could figure out how to pay. I had somebody in a different industry and I had experience and I knew how to do transferable skills and move on. That is like a huge privilege because a lot of people in the industry are told, what else are you going to do? Work as a barista. There's so much you can do. You know, everyone in corporate is making it up too. Like no one knows what they're doing as well. You learn this and you're like, what? I thought you had to be really qualified. No, you're fine. Figure out your transferable skills, write a good CV and you will you can move and knowing all of those things were a huge advantage for me in in empowering me to make that decision because I had that confidence of no I, I can do this that's honestly that's just so inspiring it's so inspiring <laughs> I feel so proud of you for doing that and and listening and yeah and going through with it and to see now and can even just hear and and feel your energy so much more you yeah yeah found that back which is so sad that we lose ourselves through this dream job this hectic schedule I was this time last year I was in exactly the same place Mm -hmm. and I I let my job take over my life and it got to a point of like the lowest of lows yeah and um we shouldn't have to obviously we learn from our mistakes when we get to that law and we can only come up from there but it's it's finding that balance of okay if you want to do that job you need to set boundaries in place yeah if not if it's detriment to your health and physically and mentally then maybe it is finding them other skills and finding another avenue to just go down It, it doesn't have to be for a life it can be maybe for a few months a few years you might want to come back to it or you might find that next venture. For but- sure. And that's what I learned. Like, this isn't forever. I felt like me leaving was like, right, that's it. I'm never going to work in theatre again. I still have friends in theatre. And now I can even go see their shows that they're in because I have time, which is beautiful. Yeah. But also, like, I I nearly lost our house because I said, I don't think I can do it with the job. I don't think I can do the commute. And the other weekend, we were walking around our town that I now love. And I thought, I'm never ever changing my life for a job again and that's my new boundary and it wasn't a boundary I was like zip zopping everywhere and I reached the end of my 20s and now I'm like I will change my job for my life in a heartbeat but I will no longer my life is my absolute priority and that's okay for other people it's still their job let's pause the conversation for a minute as I share with you index index is a digital discount card for performers in the UK entertainment industry. If you have graduated from dance or drama college and are auditioning for performing arts jobs in the UK, you are eligible for this card. 
Auditioning in the UK is a very expensive lifestyle. It is time for that to change. This is the answer to making your audition season more attainable for you and your bank balance. Index Card was created to support the unspoken lifestyle of performers in and out of jobs. You can get a year's membership for £15 and save on travel, shows, health and fitness, headshots, so much more. Go and check it out at indexcard.co.uk and get your membership now. Coming back to that burnout mm. kind of part of your life, and we all go through it in waves and we kind of sometimes lose it in ourselves. And I definitely feel it when I'm in a part of my cycle where I've overworked myself that I've done maybe two weeks prior because I felt really good. And then at the end of like my cycle, my menstrual cycle, I'm completely burnt out because I'm trying to do the same thing with less energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, but what helped you to kind of navigate that burnout or if not navigate, what do you think would have helped you? I think for me, what helped me was realizing my capacity every day, kind of what you said, like, can I even fold the laundry today? No, the priority at that time until I quit my job had to be going to work. That just is what it was. And understanding, okay, what can I do for myself to get myself to a higher capacity? And what do I just have to let slip? And once, and I will say like, I just think about my, I've never had this much capacity. And I really think six days a week, I know for me is not no longer maintainable. I cannot be a hundred percent myself if I don't have two days off, ideally in a row. <laughs> and it's though there it was the capacity and it was the, the having the people that you can lean on. And I was so lucky that I had like family friend who was a cleaner who we could get to come and clean the house and a partner who was literally feeding me and clothing me and if I didn't have those things I was I was not at work like my, mentally I couldn't be at work um and just trying your best to exercise when you can which is so so hard um but yeah but if that's something like you say it's like finding them um like three non-negotiables isn't it mm. even if it's one one non-negotiable and if it's something that makes you feel good like exercising or yoga or even for a walk or reading a book in that day of like okay the priority is work but I've got to do something for myself just yeah. to, to help me get through this or to help me kind of navigate and mm. settle the the angst the anxious feeling of yeah point of burnout and for sure, and I was lucky that I could be like, look, I really want to go swimming on this day. So can I leave at this time? And sometimes I got a yes, and that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And those, those like, right, I, can, I have the capacity to go for a swim. Or I have the capacity to go find yoga on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Like all of those little things helped me keep going for yeah. sure. Did you ever feel like you could take a day off for your mental health? That's a hard question because yes, but no, <laughs> because yeah, I knew that I could, mm. but 
in this industry, you know, we all know those people that are like, I've never taken a day off in six years. And I just think, thanks for giving me that cold then. Um, and it is, it is that like, uh, what's it called? Like that mentality of you should never take, the show must always go on and the priority is for the show. And I definitely did take one or two sick days. And I definitely had a really great manager at that time. And she, she kind of said like, you've not been yourself for a few days, do you need some extra time? And I'm so grateful for that. Unfortunately, they still weren't, and I understand why, able to give me as much time as I needed, which is why I had to leave, because that was my issue, not theirs. But I was able to, in the role I was in, kind of say, yeah, I'm gonna need an extra afternoon this week. And it, and it kind of worked. Um, but actually ringing in and being like, I need a sick day for my mental health, think I've done it once. Well, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone call in because of their mental health on on mm. a on the role that I do and I get the offs and yeah. Well, I know that people have needed it. Mm. But I've never done that and I've I've needed it. To be honest, in the on the show I was working on, I was assistant company manager, so I did get the phone calls occasionally. Mm. And I was actually really happy that once in a while I did get that phone call and I was like, you know what, I get it. And we were lucky that, as I say, we worked for a really supportive company that really supported mental health. And so we did have quite a few people off occasionally with mental health. Um, so I, I hope that it is changing and that one day that will bleed into all of the areas of theatre. Definitely, and I think, I think it's that support as well, isn't it? Mm. Having that support network that maybe isn't your company manager, but is mm. someone who is, it's their job to maybe be on site or even once a week or month as like HR kind of thing, like someone mental health to speak to. That, that exists. Some companies are doing that. And I think that needs to be, over, yeah. that needs to be out there overall, which I know it's hard because mm. even some people are not getting paid yeah we could work in a coffee shop for the same amount of money that we're doing yeah a hit musical on the west end <laughs> oils my blood i just i just think there needs to be more support in yeah like you say that's amazing that it is in some in some shows and it's in some companies but it needs to be also educated that it's okay to to take that time off I think it's a real culture shift that needs to happen. And it's a really ingrained culture of, well, well, everyone's mentally unwell, so why do you need a day off? Which I've also heard, and I just think, go take a day off then. Um, but yeah, it's a real culture thing, and it's an understanding thing. It's, it's a training the HODs on how to deal with those things. It's training for the office on how to deal with those things. It's an understanding from every level as to what that means, sideways as well, because we all know that one department who points a finger at another department, whether it's the car saying so-and-so gets a float, well, maybe they need that float, or whether it's the crew saying, well, they don't have to do whatever it is that the crew have to do, the cars don't. There's so many of those cultures so that has to exist, but then there's also like financially investment that some companies have and are doing. So I know for one company, they have someone on each of their shows who I think is only about half a week, 
but their job is basically to be moaned at. <laughs> and then they write a report anonymously about some of the things, the patterns that they're seeing in the hopes that then higher ups can then change any cultures that are needed. But that's a really long process and a really expensive process. I feel like that is a massive thing that needs to be addressed and needs to change in somewhere. That's what these conversations are for. Eh? <laughs> What's one thing that you think could be changed to help burnout? If you are in the shows, if you are doing this industry, what do you think could help someone to to not get to that point of burnout? Yeah, I think for me, it's a real money problem, but more people and the ability for flexible working is really rare in this industry. And I really don't understand why, because unless you are, I can't think of any famous people right now, but unless you're the famous name drawing the crowds, as much as you bring to the show, you, you can have a show off and the show won't change too much. Of course, you're all talented. And everyone is there because they've auditioned, but one extra person, that means that everyone in the show can have a second day off. Imagine, I think there is no protected time. Yeah. If you work in theatre, you get your one day and that's mostly protected. Yeah. And then any other time in the week, they can do rehearsals. So yeah. when's your protected time? You need like an or a day of the week where no maintenance and no rehearsals happen. Because so many times crews do maintenance one day, the cast want to rehearse, and then they want to rehearse on the other day. And then when when do people get to breathe? And crew are lucky they can get floats in to bring their hours down, but it's not the same. I think protected time. And like maternity cover, you can't have a child and be on to all you can, but it's really difficult. And we've seen people do it, it's hard. Why can't they job share? Why can't they have two people doing half the time? Every other industry has job shares. Yeah. And it you're still paying the same wage, you're just paying it to two people. And I understand there are legal consequences, but we need to offer more ways of working in this industry. The only contract cannot be 48 hours because not everyone, myself included, can do 48 hours. 37 and a half. Oh my God, let me tell you, it's lovely. I'm barely working. I'm on holiday every week. It's great. <laughs> and I just think we need to look at those contracts and see where we can add flexibility and, and protect people's time. I love because... that. That is a, just like a mantra of like, protect your time. Because mm. we've all been there. Oh, sorry, you've got rehearsals tomorrow. Oh, I was going to get my nails done. I was going to finally do that smear test that I've been waiting six months to. Now I've got to cancel it and go to rehearsal. And I get it. Like the show needs to happen. But we also need to protect our colleagues and our workers because you want happy, healthy, engaged workers. And let me tell you, emergency rehearsals does not produce happy, healthy and engaged workers. It produces hungover workers. <laughs> it does though. It doesn't. I absolutely agree. It's the especially like a beginning of a contract mm. um when where we've come out of rehearsing we've opened the show the rehearsals are still happening for cover rehearsals mm -hmm. tech team are still doing maintenance stuff which goes on throughout the country yeah but then they're learning each other's jobs like book schools what two three weeks maybe yeah of, of being in for the dsm for each cover being in 
every hour under the sun so they can learn how to call the show and that's outside of showtime yeah exactly on top of the cover rehearsals it's just chaos yeah and i'm like even when i think now like as a swing or as a cover like obviously we get the payment of that's our job to maintain it and mm. to, we come in but as a swing i've done out of office times that have been way too many hours mm. that paid for to be a swing yeah um because i want to do my job well but as any other kind of workforce you would sometimes normally log them hours in yeah i want to do my job well now at the nhs but i am turning my laptop off at five i'm mm. not i'm not and that's like a severe boundary that i've set in this job but i'm getting paid x number of hours and i will not be doing overtime if you're not going to pay me and that's that. And being able to set those boundaries in theatre would be amazing because I don't know any contract where everyone's always done their hours. I mean, some get paid overtime, but for techies, for sure, mm-hmm. some of those hours, some weeks is really unsafe. Yeah, I think I think overall there it is, is protecting the, the time of your mm. work and also setting the boundaries of change. Mm. The contracts being being wrought up and um and getting kind of what we deserve yeah i loved everything you've just said there that was amazing thank you Thanks. um last little question mm-hmm. what advice would you give your younger self starting their journey in the industry right now i would say throw your full self into it but don't lose yourself in it. I love that. That's <laughs> Just like the, the opportunities <laughs> I've had. Don't stop it. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> but yeah, just like keep your, protect yourself. Keep, don't lose it. Because I've lost it too many times. We've done amazing things. But there's no point doing amazing things if you don't even know who you are while you're doing it. That's really hit home <laughs> it really has and um, thank you for sharing that at the end of every podcast i ask each guest mm-hmm. to recommend something to the listeners that they can either read watch or listen to now i saw this and i went a bit controversial and i'm gonna tell you what to not listen to and that is other people in the industry on Instagram posting about how great their day is and their next big show that they're doing. Don't listen to it. Don't compare yourself to it because they're having a shit day too. They're just not telling you. Don't listen to it. Listen to yourself and your loved ones. <laughs> it needs to be heard because also, like you just said, everyone has a shit day. Yeah. And everyone, like, I met what someone once and I was like, oh my God, you're doing that show. They were like, yeah, it was the worst show I ever did. And I felt so rubbish about myself for weeks because they were doing a better show than me. Don't listen to it. It doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. It will be okay. Thank you so much, Ellie, for coming. Thank you for having me. Sharing your story and just being so open and honest. Honestly, there is so much people have been able to take from that. So... Yeah, I'm super, super grateful. Everyone, protect your energy, protect your time. And so much love, gorgeous. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Behind the Curtain. Subscribe 
and stay tuned as we unveil the hidden gems of the theatre industry, one story at a time.